Hey, this is Pat. This is Stacy. We're Southern Governor, and you're listening to Jay Scott at the Hooks Rock Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe, staying healthy. It's Monday morning. We're all getting back to work, getting ready to go for the week. And I have a wonderful guest that I'm so excited to have on the show, and that is bassist and lead singer, legendary singer and bass player from the Dead Daisies, Glenn Hughes. How you doing, Glenn? I'm I'm fine and dandy. How are yourself? Doing well, doing well. Thanks. I'm, I really appreciate you doing this. I've been looking forward to this, you know, for a while. Um, I'm a huge fan of your music, of your catalog, and uh, it's it's a great uh, great time to be interviewing you. Lots of stuff going on. Oh my god, ne- like it's <laughs> like never before. It's incredible. It is, and we're going to get to all all that here in a in a little bit. But we always ask the same first question every time we have a first time guest on the podcast, and that is the essence of the show, which is just like every rock song that has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a band, a performance, an album, or song that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? A song. What a band, a song? What hooked you on rock and roll? Oh my god! You know, you know, I'm older now, so for me, it would have to be, it would have to be Sgt. Pepper. You know, I've got to go there. You know, just a preteen, and and um, for me, it was the essence of rock and roll back in the day. And where did it go from there? You know, you heard Sgt. Pepper. You know, you became a, a, a incredible, you know, bass player and singer. What was the next step in your journey in rock and roll? I was at school when that came out and um, playing guitar and uh, before, before bass, and even before singing, really. And, you know, um, I switched gears. I, I was listening to, obviously, um, a British gentleman, and I was listening to British bands. And all of a sudden, one day, I found myself sneaking over to, uh, uh, sneaking over to Detroit, and I found myself listening to Tamla Motown most budding bass players did, you know. So for me, I found myself listening to James Jameson on the bass guitar. And of course, my friend Stevie Wonder showed up there. And and that for me was where it all started vocally in the vocal department and songs from Tamla Motown. And when you throw, when you throw rock music in Tamla Motown, that gives you a description of, of who I was and who I am today. And as far as, you know, wanting to be in a band and, and starting and playing live music on stage, what, what was that moment like for you? Were you 
said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to get up on stage. Was there a performance that you saw, a band? There's n- numerous people, really. Um, so I was playing guitar for quite some time, then I switched to, to bass. Um, it would have been for me in the early trapeze years, in, in you know, the very, very early 70s when trapeze opened for The Who. And um, we opened for The Who a couple of times around the Tommy period. And um, that was it for me. I befriended Keith Moon and um, just the energy, the song structures of Townsend and the image in the beat Townsend was uh, majestic for me. We now have the new Dead Daisies record coming out in January. You did just do the lockdown sessions here in July. What was that like? I mean, I know we're all sitting at home right now. We're under lockdown and we're not doing much. And it's hard to, you know, enjoy life as we knew it because everything is going on. The pandemic, we have social unrest. You guys decided to release a couple stripped down versions of your songs and then a couple cover songs. How did that all come about? Um, basically because we were sitting around doing nothing, as everybody else has been doing on the planet. And the idea came up, well, you know, why don't we just turn on the camera, you know, the iPhone, start recording individually at home and then sending it to the editor to, to blend together. So we did the one song, then another song, and we hey, we might do a couple more songs, and there we... We have it all through kind of like from from May to August. So uh, the lockdown sessions were, were good for us to do, uh, to connect with the fans. You know, you find yourself sitting, you know, around and, and trying to keep yourself active. I imagine someone like yourself who is very creative and has had a lifetime in music. How difficult has this been for you personally to put a pause on the things that you're excited about. I mean, we we originally thought the new Dead Daisies album was going to come out in April. Obviously, that didn't happen yeah. April, May. So how has this been for you? What have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Well, you know, funny enough, I've been writing and, and um, cataloging and, and new music, if you will. I've been writing a long, long time. I'm just thinking the change of lifestyle all those years ago, 30 years ago. When I got out of the uh, the darkness, if you will, I started to write and write and write and write and write, and I've been I've just been very fortunate to never stop writing. The addictive personality in me just transferred from drugs to writing music, so it's not going to kill me. So I really feel writing music at home in my studio. I feel about doing that. Uh, I got to please myself before I can let the, the songs go out. But I'm meticulous in trying to keep it all together. But the music has saved me. We hear it quite often when, when artists say the music has saved me, but trust me when I tell you this. The music has saved me over and over and over again, and long may that continue. You know, music does have healing power. You know, it's something that I've always turned to, you know, whenever I'm feeling certain emotions and certain circumstances in my life. You know, this is definitely something we've never really experienced before for this long period of time. When you talk, when you think about your creativity, has it has it been harder to be creative, or is it just you know you have it built in with you where you can just keep creating 
no matter what the circumstances are. Because I know I've talked to some people who who said it's hard to be creative when you're when you're doing the same thing all the time and you're not really experiencing life. I think for me, coming from a background of what I've been through in my life, um, sometimes pain and suffering creates great music. <laughs> I think you know that the blues, if you will. So. Look, we're all going through this together. Uh, it's given me a, 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 a crazy storyboard to write music uh, behind this. I think a lot of bands are doing the same sort of thing. Um, but I work great under pressure. I like uh, to have windows of uh, schedules to do things. Um, but I do this um, daily, uh, pandemic or no pandemic. I write wherever I am, no matter Going on, I'm writing seven days a week. I have to record a little bit of something every day, so that 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 also keeps me healthy and sane. You know, when you're writing music, you're you're a great lyricist. You know, I mean, if people talk about your voice and they talk about your bass playing, I mean, those are both phenomenal. But you're also a great songwriter. When you're writing music and you're trying to tap into an experience and you have that sense of vulnerability at that moment because you're trying to relive something that may have, may have affected you and you're trying to get create that emotion again, you know, how, how difficult of a process or how easy of a process is it for you? I have to be very honest, really. I don't write about fiction. I write, I've said this before, I write about the human condition, you know, there's this life, what happens between life and death and the fear and the angst and the anxiousness and loneliness and the glory and the wonderment. I write about everything which happens to all of us, you know, to, again, I write music that I have to believe is, is the right thing to do and hopefully other people will get to hear it and they will feel the same. Um, but I do... I, call me the messenger if you will and I got to carry the message and I say again what that message is no fear and love really is it really means to to live with a lot of love in my life you know, and to to circle it and give it back the, it's the, the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> no that's a wonderful thing because I've always you know I the era of Deep Purple is the era with you and David. I've always loved that era Thank you. because I've always liked the soulfulness and I like the, mm -hmm. the, the the music. For me, that connects with me. I mean, I grew up in in Chicago, so the blues. You know, you you, you start listening to the blues when you're in the womb, basically, and you know, you, and you listen to it. You're exposed to it from a very young age, and I've always appreciated that about that era of Deep Purple and then in your music too as well because you've always added that element to that and now always yeah always and, and, and now you know you're, you're in the Dead Daisies and you're bringing those elements into that band how did that all come about how did you you know how were you able to to get into the Dead Daisies how did that happen um I got a call from management um early last year 2019 um, John and Marco were leaving the band and they were looking for me to come in and and have a you know a rehearsal and get together with the guys and I'd been working with Doug in my solo band five years ago I don't know if you knew that and you know they wanted to if I can say this the Daisies were more of an 80s sounding band 
and they wanted to go back a decade and be more seventies. So they called the seventies guy. <laughs> and you know, I came in and, and wrote songs that I mean, I like to think of myself as writing songs that are current, but they wanted more of a retro kind of seventies vibe. Which, if you listen when the album comes, I think you've heard, you know, Unspoken and things like that. So it's more seventies. So um, I was hopefully I gave the band some some a new uh, a new feature. Well, I've heard also, you know, the song "Bustle and Flow," which I think yeah. you know has so much great energy in Thank the music. You, you know, and and. It's it's really interesting to hear the dynamic of the band with you in it, with Doug, who's a great player, and David, and Dean yeah. on drums, and it's just you know it, it was very refreshing to hear you know the Dead Daisies reinvented. You know, and and for me coming in as the new guy, um, thinking about the fan base from before I joined the band, and thinking how this could go into a new era, if you will, and to create more fans, newer fans, and my fans will come along as well, hopefully, which they are. So we wanted to twist the screw a little harder, and with songs like Bustle and Flow, it had that, as you say, energy, and of course the storyline is very important to me, what I write about. So I've got to sing these songs, so I've got to write lyrics that mean something. So, yeah, for me to to continue doing that is a is a... A, a blessing is the songwriting with the dead daisies very collaborative or, or you know are you presented with the music and then you write lyrics to the music how does that work i brought in a bunch of songs alone and doug and i did a couple of songs that's how the album went i mean i i did write a bunch of like for instance you know holy ground and unspoken and those songs I wrote before I wrote, I wrote for the band, you know, when I was coming in. So, um, then they knew I was a songwriter that brought songs in. So I've been doing that, you know, uh, for a while now. So yeah, it's, um, I, I collaborate, but I, I, I tend to have more moments where I, I write on my own, that, uh, probably tick more boxes. You know, when uh, you- I say, I say again, I'm, I'm writing. For, I'm not writing for Glenn. I'm writing for the Dead Daisies when I'm doing this. So I'm always thinking about the members of the band and how the band will sound and how these songs will translate to the audience. You know, when you write something and you have, you know, you're interpreting something or you're trying to write something that you're that you're feeling. Is it important to you that the audience hears the same thing or feels the same thing, or do you like it when? the audience interprets their own meaning to your songs. Either or, because uh, I'm assuming that people always go to check out what I'm writing about. Um, I, I write, <laughs> each song I write, I always write three sets of lyrics. I have a title, three sets of lyrics, so things going to work. But also, it's a great point, because fans all also like to, to have their own visual, if you will, of, of what the song means to them when you see video clips of what we've done or you know you might have a diff- different feeling about it but, um, to have people have their own opinions to what, what it means but I try to stick to I'm specific about what I'm writing about and I imagine too you know obviously this album was written and recorded prior to the pandemic 
you, you know, is there any song that maybe you wrote before? Because I've, I've actually talked to a couple people that wrote songs yeah. prior to the pandemic that completely yeah. connect with what's happening now. If you listen, this is this is not spooky. I don't like that word. But when we, the band members and myself, listen to this record, and you look at the lyrical content, people will go. Are you sure he didn't know about this? <laughs> um, I think there's certain songs on the album that I, you'd think that I knew about this, which I didn't, of course. I may be intuition. I'm intuitive, as most people are, but there are songs here that uh, that you've heard, and uh, you know, righteous days, and and you know, it's stuff that is is, is involved here with this pandemic. You know, there are no mistakes. You know, unfortunately, this is happening to us. We're all one, and we all we all are dealing with this as best as humanly possible. You know, this has been a very difficult time for a lot of people. I always, you know, felt at the beginning of the year that 2020 was going to see a huge resurgence of rock music because of what had been happening prior, of all great new bands and you know existing artists producing some great music, and everything had to be put on pause. Unfortunately. You know, I know the new album was announced for January 21. Is that set in stone? Is that still something that can be moved yeah. farther off if, if, if something does happen again? I ask that question every month. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I lo- you know, I'd love for it to be out right now. The record company doesn't agree with that. So the next single, by the way, November 16th, is the title track, Holy Ground. Um, you know, right now it's Jan 22nd and we're all very, very anxious for you to all. I mean, the album is, it's a piece of work and I'm really, really happy with it. And um, I'm sure that the, the Dead Days is fan base are going to love this. I felt it was kind of tongue in cheek, if you will, when you did the lockdown session, sessions and you... You did the cover for thirty days in the hole, you know, because we're all kind of we're all kind of experiencing thirty days in the hole right now, you know. I mean, right. you know, a lot of us, you know, I mean, the, the some of the restrictions have been lifted, but it's still not the same. You know, what was you know when you were thinking about doing this lockdown session? How did you choose the songs to 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 play? You know, on the album uh, Holy Ground, we did an electric version. Of- a, a, a humble pie electric version now with Stevie singing good friend of mine bless his heart um, but when Doug came over well actually you can come over when we did 30 days in the hole we thought you know let's keep it very bluesy and let's just vote just one guitar and let me let me take this to a blues element here you know um, it's a completely different spin but that content of the vocal content with the, uh, Doug's amazing acoustic playing was, was really beneficial for that song at that moment. I've always been wanting to know anything about my past. I've never, I've never really done a lot of cover songs. The ones I've done, I've always put a spin on them, if you will. So um, I thought it was a good call to do a version of 30 Days in the Hole with that bluesy element. I love the version. I love the interpretation on the lockdown sessions. It, it was Because I love Humble Pie. And... You know, everyone's familiar with that song, and it's like, ah, right, let's see what this is going to sound like. And I was amazed by it because it completely was different than I had anticipated. You got to understand that he was a good friend of mine, 
And if I'm going to sing anything by Steve, it's going to be different because he can't be doing that. It's like, you know, I honor and respect so many great singers of living and not living. And um, I wanted to do my own homage to him, if you will. And I think uh, we did a pretty good job. But yeah, we, Doug and I love doing that. When you think back of, you know, with, with your career and all the people that you've worked with, right? And you've worked with probably some some really difficult people. And on the other side, you've worked with some people that you immediately clicked with. And you've had to navigate, right. you know, whether it's Deep Purple, whether it's California Breed, whether it's, you know, Black Country Communion, now Dead Daisies. What is that like for you? When, I mean, I've, you've worked with Doug before. I don't know if you worked with yeah. Dean, you know, or David. But, I mean, what was that like kind of becoming the new guy in the band again? For me, it's all about, you know, I said this many times, I like to be in a situation where I can have breakfast with someone and then, you know, take an hour off and go and start working. It's important for me to have eye contact with people. And I, my life has changed so much since uh, 1991 when I changed my lifestyle. It's important for me to, to be hanging with people I'm a, I don't have any brothers and sisters literally but I choose to be choose to be friends with, with certain people I, I care about people I'm a hogger <laughs> so I, it's important for me to have a relationship with each member of the band and again have that uh, early morning uh, breakfast and then go work you know whether we're on the road or whether we're home it's important for me to have a real good camaraderie with every band member yeah, I mean, that helps with the synergy. I mean, you can feel the chemistry when, when a band plays on stage. You can see that. And that is important because I think the music flows better, and I think the people like when they see a natural, organic feel to the music when guys are getting along and yeah, guys have that it's, synergy. It's so important to have that that chemistry. Is, is I mean, we just had a week of rehearsals in, in, in Burbank last week. went down fantastically well. Had not been in the same room as, as David and Dean since um, last November. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that too. The last live concert I saw was last November. Okay. And, you know, I, I usually go to 20, 30 shows a year, and, and I haven't yeah, been yeah, yeah. to some, and it's almost been a year. I saw I saw the band Big Wreck, they're a Canadian band out here in Chicago, okay. and they were just phenomenal. But I haven't been to a show since then, and it's like, you know, and I had someone from Save Our Stages, who, you know, is trying to get a, a bill passed where they can get some relief for these small theaters and these small clubs. Yeah. You know, what do you see being the future of live music once this is over? How do you feel, you know, what's going to happen? That is the million-dollar or billion-dollar question because um, there are many people listening, musicians and artists, and people who are out of work at the moment. They're praying that this we find a vaccine and we can start, you know, we're still wearing our masks, of course. We, there's so much to think about. and We have to really, really want the best out of all this so we can continue with our lives. When this is over, it'll be over. Is it going to be over soon? I don't think so. But we have to prepare for the next round of, of things, whatever's going to come up. We have a tour, uh, uh, most, some bands have not booked shows for 2021. Uh, the Dead Daisies have done that, uh, starting in Germany in February. Um, so I just know we're all, uh, every musician and entertainer, that we are all one hoping so much that we can get out there and 
say to our fans, in a safe environment where everybody feels the love and we can respect this this awful, horrible nightmare we're going through, but it really isn't a nightmare. It's real. And we have to come through this with flying colors and, and uh, get to a safe, safe ground. Have you discussed, you know, with the other members or the, you know, the people on the Dead Daisies team, how to approach playing live? I mean, different protocols, different types of regulation that you're going to put in place maybe to keep you guys safe and the audience safe. What have you, have you yeah, put I mean, on that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, the protocol is to, you know, at this moment, as you know, people were wearing masks and it's going to be a limited amount of people, blah, 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 blah. It's what you may imagine it to be. So I can't imagine it's going to be anything different than that when we, if we do go out in February, and again, we are booked, as you know, to go out there. So it's going to be protocols everywhere where we go. And, um, you know, we have to make sure everyone is safe, including us and the crew and the audience. You know, we can't do this without the audience. Let me tell you, the fan base is very, very important to us. I spoke to George Lynch about a month and a half ago, and he he recently played Sturgis, and he talked about what he did. I mean, there was less time backstage. You know, he didn't get on and do a sound, you know, or, or, or his tech did. It was just him and his tech that were there for the show. He didn't, you know, you know, hang out with people. He was just in his trailer. And then it was when it was kind time to get on stage, he just went up on stage and played. So he said there was a lot less backstage conversations and interactions with people was just trailer uh, stage back to the trailer. It'll be the same for us. You know, uh, wherever we go, we will have maybe dressing rooms that aren't in the facility. We'll have uh, a couple of tour buses for that. Um, The, uh, the dead days is fan base. There's normally a lot of meet and greets. Uh, I'm sure we'll get back to that whenever we can. Um, But everybody knows that this to to regain, I don't think we'll ever get back to what it used to be. If I may be so bold, I don't think it'll ever be that way. But all we can do is to do the appropriate things and to show up when we are needed. But we have to be very, very careful. When you think about what's going on, and obviously it's it's been a detriment to Dead Daisies, to you as an artist, to other bands, what gets you excited about this band, this new music that you have recorded and produced when i again last week we we rehearsed 20 songs um uh a lot of new songs as you can imagine some some, some classic songs that, that you know i brought with me and uh, some older dated songs for with uh, john Crabbe uh, and john stevens that were singing so we we rehearsed these songs back and forward back and forth back and forth and it's pretty seamless as far as um the sound of the new album, the songs are in a similar way to the older songs. It's just the newer songs are more, I guess, um, I don't know. You have, you have to tell me, but, uh, the, the, it's pretty seamless. The set list will be, you know, as tight as we can get it. When you're working on the material that, you know, was previous to you coming into the band, you know, and I, you know, the Dead Daisies fans love that music. That was, you know, a part of what, you know, why they became fans. Are you, Going to keep true to those versions, or are you going to put the Glenn Hughes spin on it? No, no, no. You know, no. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, Dean's going to sing some songs as well. We want Dean to sing, so whatever I sing is going to be. Uh, I'm not going to change any melodies, of course. It would be silly to do that. I'm going to honor her for, and I'll sound like Glenn Hughes singing those songs. 
but I'm not going to, you know, deter her from any melodic things that were sung on the record. I think that would be ridiculous. So it'll just sound like Glenn singing those songs, and and uh, looking forward to it. When you ask people about the Dead Daisies, they're very excited about the band. They always feel like this is a band that is helping keep rock relevant and alive. Uh, rock and roll will never die. It's always going to be played right. in clubs, and, 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 and people are going to pick up instruments. Kids are going to play the music. However, it is suffering from relevance, You know, being relevant, and it's kind of taken a backseat more so than ever before. What's your take? What's your view on the state of rock and roll? Well, for me, you know, I'm a, I'm that guy from the seventies, you know, and um, for me, I've never, you know, I I don't listen to the radio so much anymore, so I don't really know what's going on unless somebody tells me to check somebody out. As far as new music in rock and roll, I don't really know what's going on out there. Um, all I know is just the music I, I record and write. You know, I, I can't change now. Everybody knows I love groove music. Everybody knows I love uh, black American music. As you know, you throw rock and roll in there, you've got the Glenn Hughes factor. So for me to keep making music, what I'm doing in this genre is the appropriate thing to do. But rock and roll, if you will, it's an old term now, isn't it? Rock and roll, what does it mean? Well, rock and roll for me, it, it really is about capturing the essence of of the blood, sweat, and tears of the 70s, if you will. I mean, yeah, it sounds very retro, doesn't it? But I was part of that generation, and it was a great generation, and a lot of new bands, as you know, try and emulate that decade. So um, for me to keep going and doing what I'm, I'm not going to change horses in the middle of the stream now, so I am that Glenn Hughes, <laughs> that voice that you know, So, and long may that continue. I'm very happy to tell you. Is it... Is it important? Well, let me rephrase the question. You know, rock fans like myself are concerned with how rock music is portrayed. It's never going to be mainstream, and, and rock music shouldn't be mainstream, right? It always should be have that element of danger, have that element of the underground feel. And, 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 and should should rock fans focus more on? enjoying the new music or should they be concerned with what's going to happen with rock and roll in the future? No, I just, just enjoy it right, right now. You, you just never know what's coming, you know, you just never know a lot of bands. Are, I mean, a lot of, a lot of musicians right now are suffering deeply because of this pandemic and their inability to, to have any income whatsoever. And it's, it really bothers me because a lot of my friends are really, really hurting. So, but in general, as fans, we should always just stay in the moment. Please stay in the moment. Put your records on, put your ears in, and, and, and just stay in the moment. You know, that's interesting you say that because, you know, we, we've talked about here on the podcast about, you know, mental health issues in the music community. Um, you know, just how a lot of musicians do suffer from depression, which leads to substance abuse. This pandemic has been rough on a lot of musicians. You have overcome addiction several years ago have you been able to reach out to someone that maybe you are knows struggling and, and and help them have you ever yeah you know what is the experience for you to be on the other side to help pull people through well it's what we do um when you have been clean and sober for decades and and you know it's um anonymous as you will and 
you meet people that uh, reach out and and you, you know, it to be of service. Look again, the messenger thing for me is to carry the message into to live a life of freedom. And uh, whenever I get an opportunity to meet someone or, or converse with someone about, you know, taking a deep breath and 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 learning how to stay off of uh, the demons that are on, it's important for me to carry that message. So that's part of my life. It's not just about the musicality. It's about how can I be of service to anyone else that is struggling, if you will. You mentioned in the beginning of the interview how it's important for you to stay busy because your addiction to creating, you know, replaced your addiction to substances, you know, and, and is it, is it, is it, it's, it's gotta be so important for you to stay busy and other people who are going through the same thing, just because, you know, it it just keeps you creative. It keeps your mind working. It keeps you looking forward to the next thing. It's super, you know, for me, um, I've just, I've got a studio here. I've been in the studio for five months um, working on, on uh, new music. And my wife has seen this daily. I'm up there. I come down and I'm really, really at peace with myself. I, I think if I'm writing music, and again, I do that every day, but if I'm really, really in the zone there, I'm upstairs in my studio for a number of hours. Um, it, it, it's great for my sanity. It really is. Uh, again, I say this again, music has saved my life. Music is the hero. I say it all the time. And I'm sure a lot of people hearing this podcast, will, whether they're fans or musicians or, you know, in any walk of life, uh, all they have to do when they get home from a, not, a, not such a great day, I just, I just advise them to put their headphones on. So anything that turns them on musically, and, and, and you can escape. And, and it, uh, music is the healer. Again, it may not change the world, but it sure will help a lot of people. Well, it, it helps you on, on your journey, right? I mean, sometimes you find music that is able to help you express things that you can't express yourself. You know, that's, the, yeah, that's it, one of the great connections of a song. Like, you know, like you're feeling something and you don't know how to communicate it. And you find a song yeah. that helps you find the words, find the feeling, find, find the healing yeah, as mean, well. It all comes to like get calm and still. Um, being in the studio for me, it, it doesn't mean I'm cranking the music on on ten. It's I have a lot of different instruments up there to to write music on. So if you know anything about my music, it's very dramatic, if you will, and very sensitive in places and emotional and very very aggressive. So it, it's a feeling for me. Um, I've just been in a place of, of uh, gratitude to, to write music. I mean, some people are supposed to do, I know what my life's purpose is. You know, I, I know a few people, or maybe a lot of people that don't know what their life's purpose is. I pray for them because um, we've all, I say all of us uh, living and breathing have a life's purpose. And, you know, I truly believe and hope all of us get to know what that is. Yeah, it's very important. You know, one of the things that I have found as I've gotten older I become more comfortable with myself and, and comfortable with my limitations and comfortable with things that I can do and knowing my skill set and whatever. And I think that's important too. Sometimes people are chasing something that is always going to be out of reach and, and they maybe build up this frustration or this, you know, feeling of, of not being worth something because they can't attain a goal that maybe was never attainable. And you know, you find your purpose, like you said. You find your passion because it's so helpful. It, 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 
it, it really, it, it, for me, it's being as calm as humanly possible. Now, 10 years ago, it probably wasn't that way. I, I, maybe I hadn't been uh, doing those things. Maybe it's just a changed my lifestyle again with meditation uh, a number of years ago, which has really, really helped me to calm down, if you will. And working on breathing techniques is very, very important to sing for me that voice that I have been given. I have to take very good care of that. So breathing is very important to me. So again, it, it all goes on between the ears and inside the body. It's not on the outside, it's on the inside. We've got to take care of ourselves on the inside. If, we, if we're all good on the inside, we have a better chance on the outside. And that's one thing too. Your voice is just still amazing um, to hear. You know whether you know. I, I love the California Breed album. I love the the Black Country Communion material, and I'm Thank really you. excited about the Dead Daisies. I, you know, even when you, you did the project with Tony Iommi, that was fantastic too. Oh yeah, um, I love Tony. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I've been a big fan of your music for a long time, and your voice just never. It, it sounds like it did you know 30 years ago. It's just amazing. You know, I, I'm, uh, yeah, it's it's quite uh, it, it's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, I'm full of gratitude. I get up every morning and oh my god, I can still sing. It's like I I just take care of myself. You know, I, I just really take care of myself. It really is about. It's also that no fear factor. I never worry about that next note I'm going to sing. You can see some singers thinking about that next note or. You know, the uh, soccer player is going to take a penalty if he thinks he's going to miss. He's going to miss it. But I never think about that next note or that next word or that next line. It's just a matter of staying present. If I go into the future, I'm completely screwed. So I, I try and stay in the moment. As far as the Dead Daisies goes, you know, the lockdown sessions, you know, was just released. And it's kind of like a video diary of what you guys are working on. Is there going to be any more of that from now until the new album's released? I don't think so. Um, we are now in the prepare, preparation, if you will. Again, you know, we, we are scheduled to, to go on out in February. So what we're doing now, we're doing the right thing by preparing for that. So we'll get together again in, in you know, in, in about a month's time and, and do another run of rehearsals. And then we'll get together again before we leave uh, in late January to do some more work. And, Things may change, but I'm a man that likes schedule windows of opportunity to look. I've been doing this a long time, and even at this age, I love to know where the next rehearsal is. How can I become a better musician and a singer? I'm always going to be a student of the craft of musicality. And you being a student of of the music and being in this business as long as you have. It's very important to be adaptive. And, and what has been your view of, you know, like I mentioned before, you, you've kind of had to navigate through different projects and different things and also overcome things that were maybe pulling you down, like yeah. your addictions. You know, when you think about yeah. all that, what do you think your biggest strength is and why you've been able to survive in this business as long as you have? Surrender. Surrender could mean a, a, a few different things for a lot of people, but for me to surrender to the fact that I just got to let go of the past, you know, and stay in the moment and let go of anything in my life, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, it's all been spoken about this or that and the other people gossip about it and this and that. Everybody's got some kind of past, as we know. Uh, 
so for me, all I can do is, is wake up every morning, do a little meditation, get into writing music and walk my dogs and, and exercise whenever I can. Um, I live at the ocean here, so it's not that difficult for me. But um, these are the days of patience. These are the days of being patient, and these are the days of, of, uh, of staying one with everyone on this planet and, and to give as much love as we can to each and every human being. And it's a very important statement you just made because I think the way society is right now, there is a lack of patience. And everybody wants something now. Everybody wants the next thing. Everybody can't wait for the next thing. And I think, you know, if there's, you know, I always believe that something good comes out of something bad. And I do too. Yeah. And I think, I do too. And I think if people, if, it, if this means people become more patient with one another or patient with the process of whatever they're going through, I think that might be a good thing. You know, again, I use the word patient because, look, it's not easy. I mean, I'm, I'm surely I'm not patient sometimes. I mean, it's, it, 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 this, this pandemic grabs you and takes you and shakes you around. Um, but then again, you know, you have to come around to the fact that, we're, again, this is so important. We're all going through this together. We're all gone. I'm not talking politics now. I'm talking about all humans. I mean, from every single place on earth, we're all going through this and all full of worry. But the fact is we just got to stay together and we're all looking out for one another. We'll end on that. Glenn Hughes, thank you very much for doing this. I do appreciate it. Uh, I love the conversation and this has been a big joy for me to interview one of my heroes. Thank you kindly. Everybody, that's Glenn Hughes from the Dead Daisies. I'm Jay Scott from The Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Community Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We will talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at fantasy points. Fantasypoints.com code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.